0: what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that'll change my life forever. And Lord, we do. We come before your word today. I ask that your Holy Spirit would come and speak, God, that I would fade away and that your words would be heard, tailor-made for each person here today that would bring them strength and encouragement. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for letting me do that. If you have a Bible, we're going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians and chapter 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Romans, Acts, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're beginning a brand new series this morning. It's a great Sunday to be here on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Over this year, we've been talking about uh, the Holy Spirit And highlighting him, although the Holy Spirit's job is to highlight Jesus. I want to make that very, very clear that Jesus himself said the Holy Spirit would glorify or edify Jesus. But that does not mean that the Holy Spirit is a peon or like a less than God. He is actually equal God. And he is God's spirit invisible who comes to live in each and every one of us that declare that Jesus is Lord of our lives, an absolute miracle that I could take days talking and speaking about. But this morning, we're going to begin our journey in the gifts of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is inside of you for many, many reasons. One of the reasons the Bible tells us is to seal us for the day of redemption. Paul the Apostle teaches us that the Holy Spirit was given to seal us and to confirm to us that we will make it to the end john was leading us as we sang when we put our attention on jesus part of the work of the holy spirit i call it, is that little knower that though i'm knocked down i'm not knocked out come on that you're gonna get up there's something inside of us that feels like man lord i'm gonna make it to the end of my life and i'm gonna be with you forever that's called the seal of the holy spirit in bible times they would seal a letter Now we send email, but they would take a letter. They would fold it up, and with hot wax, a a king would seal it, put a king's seal on a letter. And that thing could not be opened. It would go to its destination and deliver on what it was supposed to do. And in the same way, Paul, the apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said that the Holy Spirit does that. He seals us for the day of redemption. And so we praise God for that. But this morning, we're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit also is inside of us for a very specific reason. And before I read you the text, I wanted to share with you just a miracle that's happening in my own family. Um, I come from a broken family like many people nowadays. Um, I have a half brother and sister who are just about 60. So I'm 21. No, just kidding. I didn't shave specifically. I kind of look my age. But they are in the Bay Area. My sister and brother uh, had a rough, rough kind of upbringing, and they are knowing the Lord now. But uh, my sister, who is still far from the Lord, has four kids. My brother has four kids. My full sister has four, and Anna and I have four. So that's 16 if you haven't been counting. And we have one of my sister's uh, kids living with us. And my mom has been telling me they are up in the Bay Area. San Francisco is – I was actually born in a van down by the river somewhere on the California-Oregon border and then moved to almost heaven, which is Hawaii. San Clemente's second place, but Hawaii is a little nicer um, at times. And my mom called me and told me that my nieces and nephews and their boyfriends and their girlfriends and two of them that are married are beginning to come to Christ. There's a kind of newer church there that has just been doing amazing thing. Young pastors. My mom made sure that I would know. Joel, but they're so young. I think the pastors like 33. I'm like, mom, that's not young anymore. I'm past 33. But my family is beginning to come to Jesus. And my niece, Gianna, one of them, Kili Pulioli. i married in Hawaii. My, my brother, my sister, and my full sister all married Hawaiians. So this is the great white hope here. So I'm, I, was the, I, was, I was the only one that married a white girl. But our last names are Kaimi Moku, So all these Hawaiian names. And so my niece Gianna, Keli'i is beginning. Now she's married, came to Christ. And she called my mom the other day and gave my mom like this word of encouragement on what to do with her brother who just got out of jail that has a brand new baby with his girlfriend who became a Christian who's not living with him. And my my family is experiencing an absolute miracle. And she called me yesterday morning about 9.30 in the morning. Now, I want to tell you, I had a great attitude yesterday at 9.30 in the morning, uh, but I didn't. I was preparing for this message, and I had one of those weeks where I w- was just so busy, and politely I came to God's word a little bit grumbling. Like, man, I don't want to preach Today, I mean, Sunday, there's so much going on. And it was our son's 12th birthday party. And I've never been more embarrassed before my whole life driving seven boys to San Clemente Beach to take them bodyboarding. It was wild. I'm like, well, these 12-year-olds are pretty wild. (laughs) But I had some struggle yesterday morning because I just felt probably like you feel. My life is just so full. And I'm so occupied. It feels like all the time with good things with things of this world, but anyway, you see it, just things that kind of take us away from some of the things that God wants to do. And I kind of whined a little bit to my mom, oh, you know, the business, I I run a business during the week. I don't, I'm not employed by the church, just so you know, it's not good or bad, just, but I work outside of the church. And so I operate um, a a sales company and uh, with our five kids and with the church. And I just, is kind of feeling a little bit of pressure And I'm doing some music management on the side. That's my side hustle. And so I knew I was going to be preaching this weekend. Though I was excited, I kind of felt a little grumpy about it. Because I just felt like, I don't want to get up at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. Just for the same reason, you don't want to get up at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. Because I get up early every day. and, And so my mom called and told me about my sister and all this stuff. We're going somewhere with this. Um. In regards to what's happening in my family. And then she said something that just rocked me. She said, son, you know, I'm proud of you. Every son needs to hear that from their mom. She said, you know, you're not getting closer towards the end of your life. You're getting closer towards the beginning of your life. You hang in there and you just continue to do what God's put in front of you. And this same miracle that happened in my family or is happening in my family. I felt like the Holy Spirit said, Joel, I want to do that same miracle in you. Not that I would just go around and and do what I want to do, but what God wants to do. A miracle of love, I would call it. Where I begin to carry that same burden for lost people and people that are in pain, like my own family is discovering and coming into in a full and exciting way. And so before we talk about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, and we start looking at words and underlining things, I felt God prompt me to lay that kind of foundation that we would know if you believe in Jesus today and you belong to him, that you're not getting closer towards the end of your life. You're getting closer to the beginning of your life. And God wants to help us this morning. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Not to abandon our life and responsibility, because I want to do well in life and establish nice things and allow my kids to have braces too and drive a car and go to college. I believe in all that. But I also believe we need a miracle of God to help us in our lives to be about God's business. That miracle of love for people that we would be ripped up on the inside about people that are lost, are in pain. And the gifts of the spirit are things God wants to give each one of us, though some of them are already in you, to help us reach people that are far from God. And in that process, God says, man, you would get to live that full life. And that promise that God will add all these things according to his word. Doesn't it say that if we seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness, that all these things will be added. I thought that meant in Bible college that you just wandered the streets talking to people about Jesus when I was single and had no responsibility. But as I age, as I mentioned, it feels like, man, God, my my life seems so full. I feel even guilty saying that, Lord, but I feel like I kind of don't have time for the things of God. Even church can be hard and strenuous. Now my family that I mentioned to you, all 18 of them get together and have breakfast and go to church together. I mean for our family that was very foreign. Just the practice of getting up and going to church especially in this culture of creativity and no one stays attached to anything and to do something on a daily basis besides Starbucks it seems very impressive nowadays. It ain't like it used to was, right? days are different. And so God wants to encourage us this morning that we would have a little more of his heart, that a little more of that miracle would begin to take place in us, where we would begin to believe and see people and our lives an extension of the goodness of God because you're not getting closer to the end of your life. You're actually getting closer to the beginning of your life. And as we add God into our lives more and more, He has a way of fulfilling our deepest needs and desires and spiritual gifts by golly are some of those things that God gives to us to equip us to make a difference for his kingdom as he adds to our lives. Those very things that we need Paul says in the book of Corinthians chapter 12 and verse one. He's writing to a church that knows all about spiritual gifts, but they didn't understand what they were for. See, the people at that time thought spiritual gifts were all about screaming in tongues, giving words of prophecy, using it for themselves. But Paul comes and says, oh, tender people, brothers and sisters, let me tell you, let me show you what these gifts are for. And he says in verse one, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. I'm reading from the English Standard Version today. If you don't have a Bible, it's on your head, overhead. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Verse 3. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service. But the same Lord and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And this is our kind of key verse this morning to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. To one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit to another faith. By the same spirit to another gifts of healing by one spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another the ability to distinguish between spirits to another various kinds of tongues or languages to another the interpretation of those tongues or languages all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually. As he will. Isn't that beautiful? The first mention of spiritual gifts, by the way, was from this same apostle Paul, who was Saul. In the book of Romans, in chapter one, Paul is writing to the church in Rome and addresses the church how he was so fired up to go and see them. That was Paul's spiritual gift, or one of his main ones. He was called to be an apostle, a sent one, a starter. In today's world, Paul would be an entrepreneur. Very famous buzzword for young people. He would be like a business starter, a church starter, someone that had the grace and the capacity to lay an expert foundation, as he said it was. And so God used Paul to go around and start these churches. And he would stay one, two, at tops, maybe three years, and then appoint pastors and leaders locally to take care of that church. And off he went to the next one. And so he wrote to the church in Rome, which we know as the letter to the Romans, but the reason he wrote them was to encourage them in their faith. And he says some interesting things in Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12 on your overhead there. He says, for I long to see you that, a, my, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Notice those words. That, that, that is that we may be mutually encouraged. Notice those words again. By each other's faith, by yours and mine. Paul said, man, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Now, if you have time to be a nerd like I am a little bit, when I read that, I think, okay, Paul is writing to them to say, I want to go to you guys and give you a gift. But that's actually not what it means in the original language. It would read more like this. I long to see you that I may use my gifts to strengthen you. So we see that Paul introduces the idea that gifts from the Holy Spirit aren't spooky weird. They're used to strengthen people. Paul said, oh, I can't wait. And Paul knew his gifts. He was a teacher, a preacher, an apostle. But notice Paul said, I want to use some gift. I don't know what the Holy Spirit wants to do, but I want to use my gifts to strengthen you. And that's first and foremost what spiritual gifts are for. God fills us with his spirit and seals us unto the day of redemption and gives us spiritual gifts to strengthen other people. I don't know if you ever had a season where you needed strength from someone else other than yourself or your spouse. And I'll be honest, sometimes even the Bible at times, I feel like, man, I'm not getting anything from this portion of scripture and someone will call. Or I'll bump into someone and they'll have something to say that just strengthens me. Even if it's not long and eloquent, they just say something to strengthen me. Man, I know that feeling. And I also know the feeling of strengthening someone else. Sometimes I'll feel prompted to call a friend or just, God, will put someone on my heart. Not on my heart physically, but you know what I mean. There's someone, their face comes to mind and, hey, what's going on, buddy? I'm Italian, so I talk with my hands. So be nice to me. You keep them quiet by putting their hands behind their back. but it's a poor joke. <laughs> but spiritual gifts are for the strengthening of others. Would you appease me as I read that? I want you to say, let's say it together. Spiritual gifts are for the strengthening of others. That's important to know. Spiritual gifts are for the strengthening of others. And Paul wrote to the church, of course, and said, Hey, I don't want you to be uninformed about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are not for you. Spiritual gifts are not for you. I'm a teacher, sir. I'm an apostle. Or I have this gift or that gift. And that's what was going on in the church. Paul says, you got it backwards. God gifts you for other pe- people. I wrote it this way. Gifts are given to be given. My, yesterday was my son's 12th birthday. And I took all his friends, as I told you, in our minivan. They were screaming out the windows the whole ride. I was embarrassed but excited at the same time. They were saying, I like your Gucci belt. And there were some big guys they were screaming at. I'm like, guys, come on, settle down. I'm only 5'8 with heels. So, but I can scrap. No, we had a good time, but he was receiving gifts and he was so thankful. Guess what he did with those gifts, man. He kept them and he wanted more gifts. Is there anything else coming? Yeah. Grandma and grandpa sent you 25 bucks. So he holds on to them like we do. But the Bible teaches that spiritual gifts are not to be held onto; These are gifts to be given. These are things received to be given to other people. And God wants to use you and me. He wants to do that miracle in our lives too. Just like what's happening in my family where we would have words of wisdom. Or words of encouragement. Or gifts of healing. Or the ability to preach or teach. Not just out of pulpit. I used to think that. Preaching was for a pulpit. Preaching is not for a pulpit. Preaching is your lifestyle. The way you live, the way you interact, especially in today's day and age. I love living here. I'm from Hawaii. I'm a local boy. But man, sometimes I go around, it seems like people are so down all the time. And I'm not knocking that. I understand people are under pressure. There's things in the White House. Half the country wants to keep the president, half wants to get rid of it. We have gender issues, we have political issues. And just the pressure of living here, it's expensive. I hustle. I work hard. And like I said, at times I feel like, God, I, I can't even go to church. I'm so busy. And people just seem so down. But God wants to, to help us to encourage people, even if it's with a smile. I know that can sound a little coin, corny or coy at church, but I'm telling you. I go to the Starbucks over here off of Hermosa, I think it is, or is. I'm not sh- sure what street it is, but I know there's 30 palm trees in the parking lot. <laughs> and I'll go in there and... I get, I get it. It's the early morning, but people seem so down where people are serving them coffee with their name on it. I'm not trying to be rude or indifferent, but it's, it's, it's interesting that we live in day and age where we're so well served, but people are so bummed out. And God wants to help us with that, not to point finger or wag. Don't misunderstand me, but even just the spiritual gift, I call it, of your presence, that God wants to fill you with joy and peace and, so that you can shine for people. I love this. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 11 that Jesus was given the oil of gladness more than his companions. Jesus was a happy guy. I know he died on the cross and we're to be reverent. I believe that. But I think Jesus would not necessarily be recognized in today's age because he was so happy. Though he went to the cross, he lived most of his life in joy. People love to be around Jesus. The Bible said sinners and tax collectors love to be around Jesus, and Jesus welcomed them. He used his gifts to encourage people through teaching, through laying hands on people. And I believe if I can stretch it a little bit, just having fun. Man, the spiritual gift of just being you and being alive is very rare today because people are so sad. I believe it's time that the church and God's people, empowered by the Holy Spirit, start to lift people up. And encourage people that they can make it too. And that God has a plan for their life. So spiritual gifts, as we see, Paul says, they're given to strengthen others that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. That word strengthen there means to help people again in their time of need. Not strength like physical strength. Paul says, man, church, I can't wait to come to you because I'm excited what God wants to do through me by the Holy Spirit to strengthen me. Whose faith, he says, both yours and mine. You see, when God uses you to encourage someone and it blesses you, when you sing, you're blessed. So God has a miraculous way of knowing, oh, man, do I want to fulfill my people as they tap into the gifts and the callings and the graces that each one of us have to better his kingdom and to bless people. That verse 7 I mentioned, we'll read that again. It says, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so I thought to myself, well, who are these each ones? Who is the each one? Does every person get spiritual gifts? Well, Paul lets us know if you read those two verses a couple ahead of us. Verse 2 and 3, he talks about how once you and I were led away by idols, that we were following someone besides God. If you follow something besides God, you're in idolatry. I know we don't completely understand that word, and we might not even necessarily believe it, but anything that you have above God or follow besides God is an idol. It's a form of idolatry. That's why God said his first command, right? Love the Lord your God for right with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Whatever you give your heart to, your mind and your strength, your your energy, that's who you worship. And so God wants to help us. Paul says, that's how all of you were, past tense. But now that you came to God, it's different. And God invests in people that belong to him. That's very simple. That's who the each ones are. And the each ones are those that call Jesus Lord. I'll read it again in verse three of 1 Corinthians 12. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse and no one says Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. I remember reading that and thinking, I've said that before. I've said Jesus is Lord before I was even a Christian. What, what does Paul mean there? Well, Paul doesn't mean if you say Jesus is Lord, you're obviously a Christian, but he says, if you say Jesus is the Lord of my life, that's a special work of the Holy Spirit. If you don't believe me. Jesus said this. In Matthew chapter 7. Listen to these strong words. Matthew 7 verse 22 and 23. He said on that day. Many will say to me. Lord Lord. Did we not prophesy in your name. Or cast out demons in your name. And do mighty works in your name. And then I will declare to them. I never knew you. Depart from me. You workers. Of lawlessness. And I read that. I don't. Totally understand what that means, but God does. It's none of my business, so to speak. I have no comment, but we see here that you can call Jesus Lord, but him not really be Lord. And Paul's saying what qualifies you for spiritual gifts is the same thing that qualifies you for salvation. It's allowing Jesus to truly be the Lord, the master, the decision maker I wrote down some things to help us that would help us understand what the word Lord means. Although most of us or some of us have landlords. It's not a common word anymore. But listen to things that I would say declares Jesus as Lord. That he runs my life. Wait a second. Hold on here. Some of us say, hold on. Nobody runs my life except me. Well, Jesus may not be your Lord. How about this one? I consult with him. I don't do what he forbids. That's part of making someone your Lord. That you, that you consult with them. Hear ye, hear ye. I love some of those old movies. Especially Shrek. The real powerful movies that have deep meaning. <laughs> Me and Tony. Right? But the verdict of the king. I'm being a little silly. But we understand when kings gave a, ver- a verdict. Hear ye, hear ye. What? All the people would follow. Well that's part of lordship. And that's what the Bible tells about. What it means to have someone as your Lord. Do you do what God says? Of course not perfectly. Nobody does. Or else we wouldn't need him. But is your heart set to obey God's laws. To follow his commands to the best of your ability. Not to earn his love. But because you're loved. Because you love God. Is is it in you to say God I want to honor you. With my mouth. God I want to honor you with my money. I want to honor other people. I want to consider others better than yourself. When was the last time you checked in with God? Just check in. I remember when I was young, we could stay out late, but my mom and dad would always say, hey, come and and check in every once in a while just to see what's going on. God wants us to check in with him, believe it or not, to commune and have fellowship. Do I do what he commands? And then finally, of course, when I fall short, is there repentance in your heart? See, the Bible says the greatest gift apart from salvation is the ability to repent. We think repent, that, that's for sinners, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> People like you and me. All repent means to change your thinking. And as John led us in worship, the thinking that God wants to have is always good thinking. And so to repent means to say, God, that's not right. God, you made man in your image. Your word says in James chapter 3, that out of the same mouth should not come blessing and cursing. God, would you forgive? God, thank you that I'm already forgiven. I come in agreement today, God, that, I'm going to make it my aim to bless people. Amen. See, those are all things that inquire lordship. But a lot of people think, well, I said Jesus is my Lord at a crusade or at a party or someone led me to the Lord. And that rightfully could be so. But Paul goes a little deeper and says, hey, just saying Jesus is my Lord is like saying you surf, but never go in the ocean. I know that sounds silly, but there's a lot of people that have the zinc on their nose and carry the board, but never go in the water. And that would be weird, wouldn't it? And in the same way, we need to make sure that we are participating in the life of God and we're having fellowship with him and come to church is one of those things. It's not the only thing, but it's one of those things. And so Paul says, hey, that's what qualifies you. The spirit begins to work in your life when Jesus is truly Lord. I want to let you know what I do every morning. This isn't to sound real spiritual and holier than thou, but I get out of bed and, to the best of my ability, I don't have the same words. I just I kind of present myself to the Lord. In the Old Testament, men specifically were required to present themselves before the Lord, to come before God. A lot of them, a lot of them in a group, a large group, but even individually. And so that's what it looks like to present yourself before the lord to have god's spirit work through you because god's spirit will sometimes interrupt you you know what i mean he'll just kind of give you a moment and it's like whoa was so cool i saw sally and i haven't seen sally forever and she told me that jim did move out even though i know she wasn't supposed to date jim and i gave her and god will give you those opportunities but on a consistent basis god wants to work through you through spiritual gift by his holy spirit when you subject yourself to him daily So every morning, just as an example to you guys, I just say, Lord, I thank you for today. And I just submit myself to you. And Lord, thank you that I'm clean in your sight because of Jesus. Lord, I ask you that you would help me by the power of your Holy Spirit, not to just be blessed today, God, but you would give me opportunity to bless and strengthen your people in Jesus name. And off to my smoothie, I go. That's it. It's nothing weird. It's nothing long. But how many of us could say, hmm, I don't, I don't know if I ever do that. We don't have to here because it's warm. But sometimes you need to get the car started and let it warm up in cold weather. You need to check in with God. Just say, Lord, I, I belong to you today. God knows you don't have an hour in his, in his presence, maybe that day. He knows what's on your agenda. But you need to check in with him. Say, Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence. Speak to me today and give me something for someone else that I can bless and strengthen. Paul said, oh, I can't wait, church in Rome, to come to you and impart some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Because gifts are to be given. And God gives us spiritual gifts, even if it's the gift of helps, which is in another section of scripture that don't sound too fancy. That's a gift from God. If you are a helper today, you're functioning under God's anointing of the Holy Spirit to help other people's lives make sense and happen. Have you ever had anyone say, hey, I can use your help. And when you come to your aid, that's the very presence of God helping someone else. To each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. We doing good? We hanging out? We hanging on? I set my clock. I had 40 minutes. I got about eight left. Don't fall asleep on me yet. As soon as you say that, then people fall asleep. As an interactive audience, if you're new here today, so. <laughs> the word manifestation, I'm getting a little teachy, but hopefully this is just, it's coming clear in different angles. The word manifestation, when Paul says to each one of us, now we know that each one is who? Those that are truly born again. That Jesus is their Lord. To each one of them is given the manifestation of the Spirit. That's a big Bible word that we don't use anymore. But the word manifest, I just got the definition, means To show. When you manifest something, you bring it to light. You put it forward for people to see. And Paul says, God wants to manifest himself to others through you and through me. Because God is a spirit, duh. And Jesus is getting a bad rap. And so God uses people to show God to them. Have you heard this expression before? You might be the only Bible someone is ever going to read. Well, that's not in the Bible, but the concept is coming from this verse believe it or not the manifestation and so god equips his people with gifts to show god off to other people a couple weeks ago i was walking down the street literally i have a sales company so i'm often walking and i used to for a season do private home security and so i was literally walking past dana hills high school on my feet just kind of walking with uh, my coworker, and there was a guy there in the bushes who I had met at Starbucks a few weeks ago. He was homeless. Good guy. He told me his story a few weeks before I saw him in the bushes. God prompted me one morning at Starbucks, not audibly, but I just sensed, buy him that sandwich you want and the coffee you want and give it to him. And I thought, like every good pastor, no way. What? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Those sandwiches are like four fifty now. It's five bucks. It's not Starbucks. It's five bucks. Everything is five bucks. And I said, hey, Tony, I know his name was Tony, not this Tony, another Tony. I said, said, here, I want to give you this. And guess what I did next? What I probably thought I was going to do is preach to him. And I felt God just say, that's it. You just give it to him. Say, hey, man, I just wanted to hook you up with this. And he was so thankful. And then a few days later, I saw him again. We just conversed a little bit, talked a little more about God. And he told me his story. And it was a sad story. I'm not being mean. It was like, man, you know, some people fall on hard times. Every homeless person you see, by the way, do not turn your nose up to. Kind of side note, because the Bible says God looks and cares for the homeless. See, what we do, what I do, I'll talk about me. See, I judge first, then I consider if they're worthy for me to say hello to or help. Now, you don't just give away your whole pocketbook. But be careful that we don't overlook people, because it's only by the grace of God, whether you think so or not, that you're here today. And have the things that you have. It's only the goodness of God. I can't imagine where I would be without God. Probably not in a good place. And so I already have a tender heart towards those that are on hard times. But he, this guy was legitimately on hard times. He fell into drugs, lost his wife, lost his job. But he told me, Joel, I, I really want to make it. So that's kind of what I was listening to. But about a month and a half ago, he was in some bushes as I was walking by the school. And you know what I did? Walked by and prayed. No, of course I didn't do that. I said, Tony, Joel, I like, come on out here, man. Give me a hug. And, and he wasn't smelling great, to be honest. And I was a little, you know, I had nice clothes on. I just gave this guy a big hug. And I felt God give me some specific words for him. And I prayed over him. And I felt like some things come out of him. I'll just leave it at that. Just some spirits, some dark things. And when he hugged me, guess what He said, He said, Joel, man, it feels like God is hugging me. And you know what I thought? That's exactly what he's doing. And that's not glory to me. That's glory to God. See, God wants to manifest. That's right. God wants to show himself through you to other people. To each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Well, what is the common good? Love. That's the common good. If you notice, if you're a nerd like me, between First Corinthians 12 and First Corinthians 14 is a chapter on marriage. No, it's the, it's the love chapter. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm scratching my head thinking, Paul, do you have amnesia? Why is love in the beginning of sp- in between spiritual gifts and tongues and prophecy? How weird until at least for me, the light bulb went off because Paul do man. It's all about love. Right. So you can have gifts and be a hot shot and God will squash you. Not literally, but he will just put you to the side. You'll be in your little world, in your own little corner, thinking you have something to say. But if you have love, oh, it's so precious. I mean, let me show you what Paul means when I said squash, because I don't really mean that. But 1 Corinthians 13, you've heard this before. This is before, right before love is patient, love is kind, and, we'll, and we're almost done. Listen, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy glong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, wow, I'm getting a little more serious here. And understand all mysteries, listen, and have all knowledge, not some knowledge. And if I have all faith, I definitely don't have all faith. Do you? So ask to remove mountains, but have not love. I am nothing. And I love this one. If I give away all that I have, that is very noble. I would I would applaud someone. We applaud celebrities like that all the time, that give away stuff. I mean that, that that's noble. Some people have the gift of that. That is noble. But listen, and if I deliver up my body even to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. See, there's no gain when it's about us, and that's the deceit. That's the trickery of this life. That it's all about us, but it's not all about us, especially when it comes to spiritual gifts, because gifts are given. To be given, to be infused in other people. And Paul interrupts us and says, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Before we keep going with this spiritual gift stuff, don't get all weird. The Bible's not weird. People are weird. (laughs) It's all about love. And that can sound so heartwarming and so sweet and so manipulated in our culture, but it's the truth. It's all about love. You know, God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't keep, he gave. And Paul says, man, I want you to know the common good, the manifestation of the Spirit, not so that I can come to church and say, hey, guess what? I saw this guy, Tony, and I prayed for him, and, like, things came out of him. No, that, that's all baloney. God says, Joel, you gain nothing. The only thing you gained is applause from people. But when you come in love and when you express love to God, is That a boy. Had a girl, I'll use you like Paul. Man, I'm fired up to see the church in Rome. Why? So they can tell me how good I am. No, Paul says, I want to impart something to them. I don't even know what it is. So that they can be strengthened and so that I can leave edified and strengthened because gifts are given by God to be given. And the Holy Spirit wants to help us today. We're just we're just scratching the first letter on the scratch, on the scratchies, right? <laughs> to see that God is for us and He wants to strengthen us. To use our gifts. First Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14.1. I'm almost done. I promise. Paul says pursue love. And earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Notice the order. Order is important. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. He doesn't say desire spiritual gifts. Oh and be loving. He said pursue love. Love. How do you pursue love? Well you let that miracle happen in your life. As I mentioned. In other words, you make it less about you. You die to yourself. That's hard to do. See, I didn't want to wake up yesterday morning at 7.30 and study. Why? Because I'm like you. I want to relax 7.30 Saturday morning. I'm busy like you're busy. But see, I chose in that moment to die to myself. Say, Lord, I love you and I love these people. And so God used the gifts of teaching that I have. It's not the only gift, but I do it out of love. And you know when it's real. You know, when it's real, you've been around someone and you know, you you know, it's legit. You just sense it, you know, when you're knower. man, that, that that guy loves Paul even addressed that in the book of Galatians, that some preach Christ for ill gotten gain. There's people that preach God for money to live a very luxurious lifestyle. But Paul says, but there's also others that preach God because they're compelled by love. And Paul said that he was someone that was led by love. And so I want to be that kind of person. That's not like, God, what's my spiritual gift? And lay it on, but just, God, would you do the miracle of love in my heart this morning that you would give me eyes to see people, even though I'm busy, even though I have things on my agenda, even though we have soccer practice, even though vacation's coming up and graduations, in between all that, God still wants to intersect your path with people that need to be strengthened. It could even be the person sleeping next to you, or even in your own home, that you would speak life over them. That God would give the ability to lay hands on someone and heal them. Not so that you can walk around as, hi, I'm Joel the healer on oh, my coffee cup, please. <laughs> but that you can just express love to people. Real simple, real mellow. I'm a very mellow guy. After service, come talk to me. I'm the same way. I'm not preaching to you. I'm sharing God's heart for us this morning. That you can just be you. Nothing weird and still allow the Holy Spirit to flow. To give you words of wisdom and knowledge. And Hey. Hey, Tony, eat this and just walk away because God is good and he's worthy to be praised. We'll look at three brief gifts and then I'll be done. The first three that he mentions are the gifts of revelations. These are things that reveal things. My wife has this gift. She'll be like, there's a person here and like... She'll be anywhere. She chased down this kid in the parking lot of a church a few months back. I mean, she looked crazy in her minivan. And this young kid, and she had a word for him. She felt she saw the word loser over his head. She had a word of of knowledge for him. And that's how the Holy Spirit operates. Paul says that as we read it, there are some words. The first one, to one is given the spirit of an utterance of wisdom, verse 8. To another, the utterance of knowledge. According to the same spirit. And then a little further down. Though it's the same category. We bunched them together. The discerning of spirits. So let me go over those briefly. This is just kind of to wet your appetite. This is just ground floor. This is first day of school today. Because we can talk about gifts. Oh that was very educational. Joel that was wonderful service. And leave and pff, it doesn't make any difference. And to me then I failed. But we need to know. No, that The framework is, is God's love for people. And that gifts are given to strengthen. That's why you need to be part of a local body. You know why? Because you ain't better than me. I need people. <laughs> we all need people to be a Christian. I, unless you're way better than me, tell me how after service. I'll, I'll pay you. But I need, I need people in my life. I need a local body of people so that I, I'm encouraged. Because I don't always feel like singing, we go from glory. Sometimes I'm like, oh, and then as you sing and you see other people respond, it, it does something. It does something for you. and So Lord, help us with that. So the word of knowledge, again, it's supernatural revelation of information about the past or present concerning a situation, event, or person. Whew, that was long to say. Great example, Jesus at the well. I don't know if you remember that story, that there was a woman at the well. By the way, when you read a little couple of verses before it said, and Jesus was prompted to go to Samaria. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Just like I was prompted to give that guy a sandwich. Just the way you're prompted to stop that person. Or just the way you're prompted to call your high school buddy or friend or whoever you told, don't marry him, and she did. All those prompted. See, that's how the Holy Spirit works. He, he prompts your knower, I call it. I call it the elbow and the ribs. You just feel a nudge, like say hello to them. Smile. You know, do this. You know, just, hey, can I pray for you? Or just, just talk to someone. You don't have to get all deep. With people? It's like a first date. Think of it that way. You don't have to disclose your whole life and will you marry me? Sometimes even spiritual gifts can happen practically. Use your noggin. Be smart. Say, hey, what's up? I'm Joel. Who are you? Just talk with people. Open up your day. Give God a little lordship, a little room in your busy schedule to work, and you'll be surprised And, and just what he will do. So words of knowledge is supernatural wisdom. Jesus told the woman, you don't have uh, a husband. You've had five. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. God will give you supernatural information about someone. Another one, a word of wisdom. A little similar to that. It's supernatural utterance that God reveals. This is a couple times Elisha in the Old Testament. Those Bible scholars sent a message to Nahum, a guy that had leprosy. He said, hey, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. You'll be healed. He did and he got healed. God gave him a word of wisdom. If you do this, this will happen. I like to call it practical wisdom too. You ever had someone come to you for wisdom? Hey man, life has a lot of decisions. They don't need to just be bad decisions. It could be like, hey, should I date this guy? Should I buy this house? God can give you words of wisdom. That's the Holy Spirit manifesting himself through you for the common good, for the good of other people. It's very simple. It doesn't have to be so spooky weird. It can be corporate but it can also be be practical things hey man i don't think i would do that have you considered see god can give you words of wisdom and utterance just hanging out with someone or on the phone or even at the beach the third one discerning of spirits supernaturally seeing or distinguishing between what is of god and what is of not i like to say it this way this is a good one-liner good way to think about it it's discerning almost right from right you ever been there before you ever listen to something that it's, it's kind of sounds right, but something in your knower is like, that's not right. That's the discerning of spirits. Knowing if something is almost right or right. Not knowing if the person, notice I didn't say, is the person almost right and right. That's where we get in trouble. It's not the person, but you'll sense like, I don't know if that's of God. And we're not to walk around judging people. Paul says, hey, don't judge anything before it's time. But we are given the discerning of spirits. Well, no. like, hey, don't, you know, go to that movie. Just so you guys know, it's not to impress, but I don't watch R-rated movies for many, many different reasons. But God showed me because of the, the activities in them. I'll go a little further. Guys, don't laugh at me. But even last night, I was watching some boxing knockout highlights. I'm a huge UFC guy recovering from it. I'm trying to not watch it <laughs> because I like to watch it, but I feel lately that the Holy Spirit has been telling Joel, not you, I don't want you watching that because of just what's behind it, just the the hatred. I know they're doing it for their families. And, you know, I like all the good guys, too. And some of the girl fights, not really. But I just felt like I was like, I don't want you to watch that because I was discerning that that is not what God wants me to have entering my life. Is this making sense to anybody? Those are spiritual gifts. And you can be talking to someone that's t- telling you something about Jesus, and like, you know I believe he came, and you know Jesus is one of the God you will just a sense like ah that doesn 't sound like what's of God, but in love, you can bring correction or or edification or any of those. My time's up. You guys have a great day yeah. <laughs> This is what God is saying today. John, would you come and just accompany me? This is what God is saying t- today. I want to get my love to others. Through you that's what God is saying I want to get my love to others through you would, would you be that person would you be that person we're going to get more into the gifts and what does that mean and and w- which one is that and those are very very important I believe in all the gifts but the greatest gift Paul says is to love is to pursue love and spiritual gifts and maybe that's just maybe what us folk need today just that reminder that we're to pursue love to love people. Like Jesus loves people. And when you love people, you will go out of your way for people. You'll let God intersect your day to strengthen. Man, I want to be like Paul. Oh huh? man, I can't wait to come to you church of Rome. That I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That we could be mutually edified. He said, mutually encouraged your faith and mine. What a blessing to be used by God. Let's bow our heads. I'm going to pray for us today. Lord, thank you so much for this time in your word. Thank you, God, for the miracle of love. Lord, I pray that you would deposit your love into each and every heart today. Lord, it is hard to give out what we don't feel like we have. And so, Lord, I thank you right now for your love being deposited into hearts, God. Lord, and if there's anyone here today that maybe hasn't made Jesus their Lord, The way I explained it, not that they can't say, Hey, I believe in Jesus, but they haven't come under his leadership. He's not their decision maker. He has, I, they don't check in with him. They they don't feel like they need to listen to him or follow his ways, Lord, that you would touch their heart today. And Lord, I thank you that You made it so easy in these last days. You said that if anyone would call, even just call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. And so, Lord, as I just pray this prayer, and if there's someone here today, you can just pray it out loud or in your heart because the Lord looks at your heart. You say, Jesus, come into my life personally. I repent. I change my mind about my ways. I've gone my own way. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me clean. Save me. And also be my Lord. My decision maker the controller of my life. I choose to follow you. You go ahead and say it. I choose to follow you all the days of my life and fill me with this Holy Spirit I've heard about today. The Spirit of God who wants to live inside of me to be my helper. May I be attentive to his voice and his heart and I receive your strength. Go ahead, keep saying it. I receive your strength today, Holy Spirit the power to live for you. And I thank you, Lord, that I belong to you this day, that I'm sealed. I'm forever yours. In Jesus name, I pray.